This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Matt Lord, Chief of the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with NRCS Chief Matt Lore next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 300 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Despite the social distancing limitations in place across the country, NRCS Chief Matt Lores says thousands of NRCS employees are on the job working with cooperators to preserve the nation's natural resources and boost productivity for farmers and ranchers. Like many other ag leaders, Lore believes the COVID-19 pandemic has sent a message to the nation's consumers. I'm an optimist, so I look for silver linings in every situation. And and let me tell you, this has been devastating for communities and families. I I don't want to make light of that. But in these hardships, I think we're able to rise up and look for some, some positives. And I think people certainly have a greater appreciation for the farmers and ranchers who are producing our food, even for for my family we have eight people in our family so we go through a lot of food and you know my wife is up early every morning to try to get her grocery orders in at the stores because there's just uh you know there's limited spaces for that delivery so people are very aware of their food and yeah more and more people are going to look for ways they can produce their own food i've heard sales of, of vegetable seeds um are are really hard to get long delays on on getting those delivered so i think that a, people are more appreciative of the work our farmers do, and B, I think more people have an interest maybe in trying to produce some of that food themselves. So I think there could be some positives to, to come out of this when we're on the other side. There are those who would believe that with farm income down, with the challenges that farmers have already faced and are likely to face even into this year, that their reduced income might lead to less participation. It might lessen their effort toward conservation practices. Well, I tell you, the one message that I preach uh, anytime I speak to our farm groups is that you know conservation is good for the environment, but it's also good for a farmer's bottom line. It's a lot about education and outreach and getting that message across. And the good thing about NRCS is we provide cost-share programs and true that there's going to be some money that's got to come from the farmer's pockets in order to partner with us and get practices on the ground. But the good thing is the practices they do from a conservation benefit will will have positive impact on the bottom line. So we have not seen a decrease in participation thus far. I think, if anything, there's going to be more of an interest in being able to look for ways to improve their profitability, and that starts with being able to have conservation top of mind. I see in conservation programs this picture of modern technology and old-school conservation practices coming together. Uh, And one example that I would give is of cover crops. We're using the advanced uh, tractors and planters to put cover crops in, but cover crops are something that our grandfathers and great-grandfathers practiced years ago. We're taking the best of all the 
generations and bringing them together to preserve natural resources. Absolutely. You know, uh, EQIP is our bread and butter uh, Hallmark Conservation Program, Environmental Quality Incentives Program. Uh, cover crops is still the number one practice that is used across the country through EQIP. Uh, there are so many benefits that come from cover crops. And so certainly that's going to continue to, to be of importance. And speaking of technology, I, I love to see the way farmers are able to incorporate technology into their operations, which helps them from their conservation efforts as well. Now with GPS and, and the type of, of programs we have on our equipment, we can map out fields. We can see which parts of the farm are the most profitable, which land is, is probably the marginal land or least profitable, and we're able to pinpoint higher production efforts in those most profitable parts of the farm. But then in those that are more marginal, there's other programs they can do. Maybe it's put in some pollinator habitat work on the side or maybe look for some ways to increase some wildlife habitat with that so we can cost share and provide money on those more marginal pieces of land and then focus our production on the most profitable parts of the land. So really conservation goes hand in hand and because of that technology we can really work to improve the bottom line of our producers. I think about the challenge for NRCS and your cooperators and the fact that there is one side of the country, there are portions of the country where you're dealing with too much water and in other areas of the country you're dealing with very little water at all and preservation. And yet in every one of these districts, NRCS is involved. Absolutely. NRCS is locally led. We have over 2,500 offices around the country. Every county in the country is serviced by one of our USDA service centers. And so the beauty of our agency is we're able to, to customize and tailor our programs to fit the specific needs of each community across the country through local work groups and our state technical assistance committees that meet and are led by our state conservationists and engage with our stakeholders and partners. We're able to pick what are the resource concerns that are of the most importance in our community or our state and what are the programs that can best work hand-in-hand to address those needs. So you're right, in, in many parts of the country, and we saw it in 2019, just so saturated with water all the way through into harvest, into the spring, and then other parts uh, face severe drought. But NRCS is an agency that really has programs, whether it's being able to look at draining water off the fields or in some cases in the West be able to look at water supply issues and putting in replacing irrigation efficiencies or uh, canals that can help transport water more efficiently. Uh, we have programs and practices in place that can work with producers across the country regardless of what their resource concern is. From your history of working on your own farm and with your family that have been uh, cooperators for years and then now as the head of the, the agency, I would ask, do you see conservation programs, soil health uh, practices, or sustainable practices playing a larger role in future farm programs? Absolutely, absolutely I do. And that's the beauty of each farm bill that comes out is the farm bills change and evolve with, with, the, with the times that we're in. And so we're able to have programs, new programs, to tweak existing programs to really best help address those needs. Our, our major farm bill programs are the Environmental Quality Incentives Program, EQIP, CSP, the Conservation Stewardship Program, RCPP, which is the Regional Conservation Partnership Program, and ASEP, our Conservation Easement Program. These are the major hallmark 
Farm Bill programs we have, over $4.3 billion uh, each year is appropriated from Congress to help us deliver. And I can speak firsthand as a fifth-generation farmer in Virginia Shenandoah Valley. We have incorporated several EQIP contracts and a CSP contract on our property. We have permanent conservation easements on the land, which will keep our farm a farm forever. And so um, I've experienced it from the producer side and now as the agency leader to see how these programs evolve and change to address the current needs and, and really how they can impact the sustainability of the farm and being able to pass it down to that next generation. With the same thought in mind of the modern technology that we have today, both in the machine and the global positioning satellites and the the seeds that we have to work with, obviously agriculture has come light years, but there are some old school things that have not changed and will not change. And I look now at NRCS and the conservation innovation. Those two words side by side say that you're continuing to work toward new opportunities and new solutions. Yes, and you know we have two programs at NRCS that center around innovation. One is called SIG, Conservation Innovation Grants, and then we have a new one that came from the 2018 Farm Bill called the SIG On-Farm Trials. And these are programs that really tie in how innovation ties into helping farmers improve their conservation efforts and improve that sustainability. In fact, our SIG program, we're getting ready uh, very soon at the end of April to announce the sign-up for this next year. Partners will apply in one of a handful of categories, and this year we've added water reuse as a new category and really working hand-in-hand with with our friends at the EPA and other federal agencies to see how we can reuse that water for agriculture. Um, So, again, using new innovations in agriculture, so the SIG program will be able to open up at the end of the month $15 million that partners can apply with matching funds to work hand-in-hand with producers to, to help get that technology and that innovation on the ground. And then the new one through the 2018 Farm Bill, the SIG on-farm trials, basically is looking at how we use scientific methods to evaluate conservation on our working farms. $25 million that we've set aside uh, the announcement came out a couple weeks ago, and we've actually extended that deadline a couple of extra weeks until the end of May to help their partners get their, their matches together. But there's uh, four categories from soil health, which, of course, is extremely important, that irrigation management and the efficiencies of water, precision, agriculture, and then management technologies. Now, these four categories are working hand-in-hand with putting those practices and that innovation on the ground of actual farms. So really excited to see how the SIG on-farm trials is going to continue to to help our producers. Of course, we put these trials out there over a couple of years to study them, collect those results, and then what works we can actually replicate and share with other producers all across the landscape. I have a boss who has a phrase that says you can't do the same thing the same way and expect a different result. So, and I also recall conversations with those who have won yield contests, whether with corn or soy, and the common thread between those producers is they take a certain number of acres, a small certain number of acres, and they just try new things. So the fact that you have these innovation opportunities, you help those early innovators to to adapt those practices, and then the part that's successful, you can share with other growers that can grow the conservation effort and the productivity effort at the same time. 
And that's the whole point of, of these programs because as a farmer, I listen to fellow farmers, right? That's why farmer field days are so beneficial because farmers trust their peers. And even though now I work for the government, you know, people are still more likely to look and see what their neighbors are doing and see the successes they've had. So by the SIG on-farm trials, we can have real on-farm data that we can see and highlight and then be able to, again, as you say, to replicate that and show other farmers what works. My best moments this year as chief have been traveling the countryside and, and visiting farms and ranches of our soil health champions and to see the work they've done. Dave Brandt in central Ohio is one that, that I was out and visited back in February to see the work that he's done and people come from all over the world to see what he's done, his spirit of innovation and willingness to try new things and the success that he's had. I mean, that's why I love what I do because farmers are passionate about conservation and to be able to see that and see other people come to learn and see those approaches replicated that's really where we see our best successes and unfortunately sometimes it takes those times of stress and challenge to really bring out the true innovation in the business absolutely and certainly i think 2019 was a year full of of hardships where people were kind of forced to look at, at other options so you remember last year the number of prevent plant acres we had across the country Land was just too wet to get that, that spring corn or soybean crop planted. So they're provided some opportunities for farmers. You don't want to leave the ground fallow all year. So they looked at planting cover crops to get that soil held in place to get that organic matter improving. And so uh, there were a lot of farmers last year that were exposed to planting cover crops for the first time that maybe not otherwise would have done it. So again, looking at positives that come out of, of tragic situations, uh, there's always benefits that we can we can learn and we can improve when we go through these hardships and of course in agriculture there's always a hardship around the corner it seems some from one year to the next are there any other new nrcs initiatives that you'd like to talk about well i tell you one of the ones i'm really excited about uh, is called camp our conservation agricultural mentoring program and so many of our employees we're hiring today they don't always have a, a farm background and agriculture is so diverse and different across the country. So what we're doing is taking our, our newly hired employees. We're partnering up with, with veteran expert teaching farmers in the communities. And it's an 18-month mentoring program where our new employees will spend time out on their farms over the course of the year, understand what it's like to walk in the shoes of that farmer or rancher, see the resource concerns that they deal with, understand the diversity of agriculture in that community and how our programs can work hand-in-hand to help improve the operation and address those concerns. So we're rolling that out uh, this spring uh, with uh, 17 pilot states, and then later in the year we're going to roll that out nationwide. So every community, the local district conservationist is working hand-in-hand with their local soil and water conservation district to identify those new producers who will be mentors for these new employees. So really, really excited to see that that get off the ground. And I'll mention another initiative that just was released a couple weeks ago. We partnered with our friends at the Farm Journal Foundation, uh, their Trust in Food initiative. It's called America's Conservation Ag Movement. So we've been able to provide some money, and they've matched you their foundation. And the goal is to help accelerate conservation all across the country Uh, we've targeted some specific watersheds that we can work in be able to train some farmers who are already 
champions to be able to help mentor them, to help them train other farmers to show them what works. And part of it is also creating some hands-on workbooks that can assist producers in their conservation efforts. So it's all about highlighting the positives that are being done and then replicating that and spreading the message across the country so people can see the importance of good conservation. If we're looking ahead to policy, if we're looking ahead at the innovations that are going to help farmers be successful, it seems like we have seen renewed emphasis on the overall health of the soil, where we might have before been talking about eliminating runoff or or looking at other other means of improving a field or a farm. It seems that we have a whole new wave of agriculture that actually talks about the composition of the soil. You know, our agency's been around for 85 years, and we were founded on the premise of protecting the soil back in the Dust Bowl days of the 1930s. So soil health has always been a priority of NRCS. But I would say in recent years, maybe we haven't put it uh, as top of mind for all of our employees as possible. So one of the initiatives that we rolled out this year was making soil health a top priority of our agency when when the general public and when our ag community hears about soil health the goal is for them to say I'm going to reach out to my local you know NRCS office and visit with one of their staff because they are the experts so we're looking at ways of improving the training opportunities we have for our employees to make sure that they are staying up to date making every state put together a, a soil health roadmap a, a plan of how they can best incorporate soil health and every one of their employees uh, every day, our soil health division that we have, integrating them more closely with our employees to help them have the resources they need to be successful. So really excited to see soil health kind of rise to the top again of the importance because it all comes down to the health of the soil. And when we talk a lot about climate change around the country, you know, our employees are, have been working in that climate change world for a long time to help our producers take those steps uh, to mitigate climate change and sequester carbon, to do those things that will help the environment and improve that soil health. So it's exciting time to be involved in this movement right now. There are those obviously uh, talking about farmers being compensated for sequestering carbon. Uh, I've also heard discussions mm-hmm. of those who have better soil health that crop insurance might not cost as much where the health of the soil might become the epicenter of where programs are administered from Washington. Any thoughts in that arena? I think that there's a tremendous number of opportunities that, that are out there. You know, when you think about farmers being able to um, to trade credits, their, their carbon credits, I think that we're still on the cusp of what that looks like. But we have, have a program called Comet on Farm where farmers can actually do a computer model, can actually get a value or get uh, quantify the amount of carbon that they're able to sequester through their conservation efforts. And so the goal is that as we have better technology to help farmers see what the value of that carbon sequestration is on their farm and pair them up with, with companies that are willing to, to pay money for those carbon credits, I think we're really going to see an explosion in the interest of, of the good conservation work that farmers are doing. We're still on the, on the cutting edge, just kind of getting into that that arena, but I think moving forward, there's going to be a tremendous opportunity out there for for farmers to be paid for the good work that they're doing, and certainly the partnership that we have at USDA with our friends at the Farm Service Agency and the Risk Management Agency, we're constantly looking at ways that we can tie 
our agencies together and certainly the work that cover crops are doing and how that ties into insurance rates, as you mentioned. So those conversations are ongoing, but I see a lot more potential down the road for that to happen. 2018 Farm Bill had a renewed emphasis on work in urban agriculture. It did. In fact, it actually calls for USDA to create an Office of Urban Agriculture. And our agency, NRCS, has been asked to head that up, and we've been hard at work in doing that. We have $5 million this year in 2020 to help not only stand up that Office of Urban Agriculture, but help deliver grants across the country as we really address what are the concerns in urban agriculture, like hydroponics or helping folks discover the importance of rooftop gardens or even food waste and composting, what that looks like. So we're in the process of getting that Office of Urban Agriculture stood up and on its feet. Uh, We're in the process of putting our RFPs, those requests for proposals, uh, together, and they should come out later this spring and summer. And so we'll have about four-plus million dollars in grants that we'll be delivering in 2020 in those types of areas. So, again, the Farm Bill kind of looks to address the, the changes that we see within the industry, and urban agriculture is is certainly here to stay. And, again, I think because of COVID-19, we're probably going to see more of an interest especially in those urban communities of people wanting to grow their own food. So this is an area that I think is going to continue to to grow and expand in demand and popularity. Well, Chief Lohr, it's always great to have a farmer on the program. This is Open Mic, and we want to give you the opportunity to have the last word today. Well, thank you again for the work that you do in helping us to tell the story. And As I said earlier, conservation is is not only good for the environment, but it's good for, for the farmer's bottom line. And as an agency, to be able to work hand-in-hand with our producers to help their bottom line, help the work that they do, to see that that farm passed down to that next generation, such an exciting work to be involved with. And it's an honor to not only to be a farmer, but to, to lead this agency. So it's all about education and outreach and letting people know the benefits of what we do and certainly would encourage anyone who has questions to visit us online or or visit one of the local 2500 USDA service centers we have all across the country. Our thanks to NRCS Chief Matt Lohr, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Allen. 